You're listening to That's Just Life, a podcast exploring life, community, God, and friendship. This is episode five. Welcome back to the fifth episode of That's Just Life. We're going like one every 1.5 months. That's all right. Like it's a decent track record, I feel like. (laughs) I'm Adam. I'm Donovan. And we are, I don't know, co-hosts? Yeah. Friends? Basically family. And we're here to have a conversation about well what's interesting is we get together and we usually talk for like three or four hours prior to even get into a podcast yeah then it gets really late at night it's like why did we not record all of it (laughs) and uh because it was good and i guess that's the point of this is we're trying to invite people into the conversation and explore stuff that we're thinking about and exploring yeah. So the idea today it. for us is a lot more about like community and or authentic friendship and relationship and why it's important and how does one go there perhaps. And I guess we'll see what the conversation does. How does it, how is it impacted by the idea of church? I, or we both work full time in church settings, both very different Yeah. and we grew up in it. So how does that impact um, our view and perspective of community and its, its value? Yeah, I think I think when I was thinking about this the other day, I just growing up in the church, like my best friend Scott has always like since we were we were infants in the church together, hmm. and we weren't really like it was till we we're like ten or something like that. We were like really good friends, but I've always had somebody like my entire life, just by proximity through church that that never changed. So schools is always like if you st- if you don't move, then you have a friendship and groups that form all the way through there. But for me, church, because we stayed at that church for most of my life, and even when we moved, the, that friendship was already so solidified that I was just really just thinking about that and just so appreciative for growing up with a friend like like that, and then to this day still yeah best friends i think it's interesting just as you're saying it right now i didn't think this one through i worked in a school for three years as a i guess a youth pastor in a christian school and i was like i loved it like there was phenomenal things that happened there but actually it wasn't satisfied because i was like i don't want to just work with high school kids or middle school kids i want to be working with people from like birth to death and i want to work with parents and grandparents and Mm. children like all of those and so uh, just as you're as you're sharing that right now i'm trying to think are there any other places that it's sustained where you actually are running together for life conceivably oh yeah like again school it's fine but then you graduate um or you shift schools there's some friendship groups but you you might maintain a friendship until Hmm. like through high school and some maintain all the way through i just was telling you that i hung out with some of my high school friends that I haven't seen since most of them I haven't seen since 95 hmm. and we just got together and wouldn't had a drink together and it was awesome to be together with them but they've been friends all the way through yeah which is unique perhaps but where else otherwise like you go to university have it for a few years you go to a job 
we don't stay in our careers for our whole lives. We typically have opportunities to move into different corporations or companies and places and advancement. And so I don't know if there's really any other place other than family that you stick together for life. Uh, yeah, that is a really cool thought or just a unique perspective on it. And, then, and that's still unique too if you stay in that church for your life. Right. But they're just, I mean, maybe it's just the way we grew up or the people we were around. Um, yeah, there's people who seem like grandparents to me back when I was, whatever, eight years old that I just saw the other day um, who still seem like grandparents, but they're just like, oh, you guys were a part of my life. Just yeah. even just on a day to day, I just saw you on Sundays and it was you said hi to me or you gave me a mint or whatever it was. But those, uh, Oh, was that my grandpa, my grandpa's 80th birthday party? And just sure. all of them were just there. And it was just such a cool family feeling sitting down, just catching up on where my life is at now. And even yeah, their kids telling me about their grandkids or great grandkids or wherever that's at. Um, it's a cool, yeah, I think it is unique in the way, yeah. The way that that family feel just continues. It's the, he, there's so many questions that are going on in my mind as we're, as we're sharing about this. I, I think about when I was in school, I, I think I was one of a few, a, a handful at best of people who would have had the same Christian beliefs or values that I had, um, which was fine. And we were a family that church planted. So we were always a small church. We'd done a couple as a family and I was like one of three youth and the other two were my siblings. Like that's more how I went to church, but I didn't think I, it was neglected. I was just part of the bigger family. Like I got to participate with all the big kids, like the adults, which, which was, I think really fantastic. So I remember like youth group, I never wanted to miss it because it was like the place that I could be very real very honest, perhaps people really love me. I didn't have to put a front on, or I didn't have to mm -hmm. like work hard at honoring God there. We just, everyone was in the same trajectory. And then I went back to school. Yeah. But even in the midst of that, I remember like when I got to Bible college, so I went to Bible college right out of high school. My first year, uh, I had a roommate, his name was Colin. And like within the first month I was like, oh, I actually didn't know what deep, close, friendship was until I got to Bible college. I, I didn't recognize till that point that I was like, I, I had never been a hundred percent honest with one person about everything, all the inner stuff that was going on. Like I had a friend that I shared, like a girl that I liked. And then all of a sudden, like other people knew about this girl that I liked. So I had to deny that I liked her. And I was like, Oh, I'll just never talk to him about yeah the girl. Right. Like, I, yeah. You had this go on and this. And so you're nice. I got along with everyone. Like I, was, I had lots of friends. I would have said I had lots of friends. Uh, I had a great school experience, but got to Bible college and I was like, oh, I, I had lots of friends, but I didn't have like deep friendships. Hmm. And so for me, this conversation is like, I wonder how many people that are even listening actually have deep friendship and maybe what does deep friendship even mean? And maybe it's a question of like, are we missing this even in church? Like societally, are we just really good at just being nice and have these niceties with each other that we don't actually know deep 
relationship. And so the question is, what is it? What is deep friendship and why is it valuable? That's that's, uh, yeah, that's fair. I the, well, I was talking to my friend Scott, like when I was talking about, um, we, I was just like, I don't know how, but we need to make sure that our kids can find a friendship like this. Um, because it is so sustaining and so good. It's been so good for me to have someone there, just no matter what's knowing everything. And, and he lives in BC right now. So like we get to see each other once a year, maybe, but that is those friendships that just like, doesn't matter how long it's been. You're just, how do you maintain it? Like, do, do you talk throughout the year or just the once a year you get together and just jump in where you left off? basically like like that i mean there'll be phone calls here and there trying to get better at it and do it more often but yeah just reality of life it is just like that well basically a once a year kind of hang out oh and we'll text there'll be things but but even going through that like thinking about that i think we talked about that whatever a few months ago and actually i can't i can't actually make sure that my kids have that kind of connection this is actually a super unique um situation that not only did we were we just together all the time proximity or once a week at least through church it we have like the same love for art and music and i don't know outdoors and just whatever and maybe they, that grew together but there is something less like looking at my kids and like i can't force any of this i can put you in a position i can uh bring you to youth group i can try and like cultivate relationships by me being friends with other with kids i think you would like's parents and having them over or whatever that is but that's not that's not uh, necessarily gonna be it's like manufactured almost right so i don't know how do you and maybe it would be more better to think about it as how do we value that aspect of friendship that you really found in college and actually pass that or like be thinking through that now that these things are like beneficial. Okay. So how, how does one do it? Because you're saying you can't force your kids to do it. Clearly you can't, but even as a pastor, I can't force my congregation to do anything. I can encourage, I can like hear something, but like, to actually motivate people to change the way that they live, convincing them it's valuable. Um, like when you're not paying them something like it, mm. if I paid everyone in the church, instead of them giving money, like I I'm giving them all money to like, can you try this thing with me where only nice things come out of your mouth for like a week and I'll pay you each a hundred bucks. If you only say nice things, you can motivate people because there's a, a motivator, mm. but otherwise like it's, it's hard to move people. So my model, I guess, is like, I need to live honestly, transparently, my private life, my public life, the same. If I think relationship, like what we have, what my college friend has, if I think this kind of relationship is not just valuable for me, but for everybody, mm-hmm. if, if I actually believe it, yeah, then I need to provide a place where I'm in relationships like this that can develop so people can encounter it. Because mm-hmm. I think I, I would beg, 
I, no, I would put some money down on this one. And I, I don't bet, but I'd bet on this one. I'd bet that most people think that they have close relationships, but have never experienced close relationships. Hmm. I would think a great deal of many people, that's I, the case. I, I think that's very true. Ma- Mandy, my wife, has been just over the last couple of years, just really telling, like, just showing, like, it's, especially in women, it's been a, v- I don't know, like, pushed on you to have a best friend. And oh, she yeah. was telling me yesterday about all, just like, all of the teen magazines, just like, you need your BFF and this is your thing. But all of it is on a superficial surface level. And so you view that from when you're a very young girl huh. as that's what your real friendship is. And she said it wasn't until whatever, over the last, I don't know how many years, but she's like worked herself out, realized like has some really true friends are telling her like, maybe this view of friendship is what is actually keeping us from true relationships, (laughs) which I mean, I'm probably getting a bunch of that messed up and I'm not, I'm speaking for her now, but yeah. like, but that is interesting, even the way that you're saying that, because, because especially for the way that she's talking about it, like the way that that friendship is just kind of cultured to us, it does hide or doesn't maybe account for a level of vulnerability that actually needs to be there in a lasting deep friendship. Yeah, I think the place that it would become a challenge, especially if you have if you like put the label on, like this is my best friend. Hmm. I would imagine the challenge is is the pressure, and then what happens when you tell your so called best friend something deep and then they hurt you? Hmm. So you've put the label it's my best friend, and now that you're at odds, but you've told everyone you're best friends, so now you can't deal. So you just pretend that you're still best friends instead of like forget the label, and actually you'll know when you're really, really good friends when you've gone through hell together, you know, and you fought through it. The relationship's been a challenge in areas. You've fought for the unity. You fought for the love for each other. You laid your own agenda down. You put the other person ahead of yourself. You came back together and you warred for it. I I would think once you've done that, there becomes a time when you become like best friends, but it's not because you spend every waking moment together. Yeah. It's because you are fully known and still love maybe. It sounds so marriagey. Yeah. It's like you, you don't get offended with each other. Like you and I can go like a month or two or three and not see each other. And it's like, we're both willing. We'll just drive wherever and stay up late and less sleep. It doesn't matter. And we know like when we get together, one is not offended at the other because we didn't like call each other or text <laughs> each other. We're just, it's time to get together. Our heart longs to talk. Yeah. To oh, be yeah. together. Yeah. And I think too, the, there is a giving and receiving that's not expectant. Yeah. Right. Like, like I, I come and I can sit and we can have conversations that I just need to talk out with somebody. And there's thing you, you have been there for me through so many things and you have, um, wisdom that I've looked up to since I was a kid. Uh, and so 
I guess there's a level I expect that you're going to listen to me and probably have some wise counsel on, on what I'm doing. But it's not even that. It's not even about that. It's, it's that you're willing to listen. But I also feel you're going to talk to me in the same way in a, in a, in a different like to my level where I'm actually giving back to you by listening. Yeah. And, and it's just like, it is a give and take. What if there's a couple different, <coughs> different ideas in terms of friendship? I haven't, I haven't wrestled this fully through, but it's like, like you and I have a like-mindedness in some of the ways that we think, some of the ideals that we have, the way mm. that we perceive life, um, Again, we don't carry loads very long. We can see the good in many things. Like, yeah. um, even when things aren't good, we can, you just kind of see it and it's annoying to some people. And like, you're putting <laughs> it on, but you're actually not. It's just actually yeah, who we are. So there's, there's, a, there's a depth that binds us that way. There's a depth that I have with some of my like staff at church, like, because we're on, we're on a very specific mission together, which is different. Like we're... Hmm. We have a responsibility to the church and to lead there and to be vulnerable and honest. And it's a deep friendship, but it's it's more missional focused that way. And then like I met with my high school friends and it was like, we, again, we haven't seen each other in 25 years or 24. And it was almost like we didn't miss anything in 24 years. And we're all just like kind of the grown up version of exactly who we were already in high school. Hmm. But there was like a connectedness because we had mutual experience. It so like one is mission, one is like like mindedness perhaps, and one is like you had an experience. Like like you go on a mission trip somewhere, you had an experience with some people, you went through massive flooding and almost died. There's an experience that binds you. And I just wonder if there's a few of these, but what we're talking about is like how do you get one, a relationship that is almost beyond those ones? It's not just experiential. It's not just missional. It's not just like-mindedness. It's like almost God puts relationship together where you're going to run together and love each other. I don't know. Uh, I... I think for me over whatever the last few years and even it even feels weird in a sense to use the word best friend because of what we're saying like there's these right. whatever but like since I was a child that my best friend was Scott and so I'm going to continue to use that language but that I have friends that are just as dear to me now that I've that but I, those things, even our friendship has been, um, I don't know. There's like a willingness to be open about life that for me, I can just come and it just, yeah. If I say something to you, I know that's going to be between me and you. Totally. And I know it's going to be received, um, or offered back to me with love and I have a couple of really close friends like that Matt's the same way that it's there's just that depth to it but I don't know it's really only recently 
maybe the last five years that I've been open enough and realized like that, oh, that's something I need. And I just need to actually give of myself or let go of whatever fear that someone could hurt you or whatever. Just be none of that matters because there's there's a value in letting go of those things. Yeah, I think I think you're hitting on something that is tough <coughs> that is tough for people. You're hitting on like when you have relationship and we talk like to be open, a place to be real, to be transparent. We talk that way because we're in it right now, but there's a lot of people that are terrified to go there because they've been hurt or screwed yeah. by someone. So it's like I was open once and I got hurt. Yeah. And it's like Yes, the closer you get to someone, the deeper the wound has the potential to be. But it's almost like you have to learn how the wound is deep and then you're willing to like come back hmm. and work towards it. And and again, both have to choose to lay down your own stuff to try again. I have to say to you like, ah, man, I was hurt. You were right in saying it. I was hurt and I've been holding bitterness and I'm really sorry. And there's got to be this place that you can reconcile probably. Because hmm. I think, I don't know if there's a friendship I've had where there isn't hurt somewhere like, on purpose or not. Like you and I, I have had more than one occasion oh, yeah. of pretty intense relationship that we have to determine if we're going to fight through or not. Yeah. I think... I wonder, like, may, I, that might be the thing that we can, that can be taught or given value to. Sure. Like, the, the need for that, or, I mean, maybe it's only an example thing, too, because we're talking about, like, emotional things we can't probably just logically, like, implant in people, but. Okay, but, okay so, okay, you're right. I'm thinking about this now, like, in in the office, like having people come in to, to meet with you. I, I've had a problem for a long time because the problem is I want to go deep with anyone right away. Like it doesn't have to be overly deep. Just I, I want to be someone trustworthy enough that you all of a sudden accidentally share stuff that you've kept secret forever. And when you're like, oh, oh, I shouldn't have said that. It's like, but it's okay because you'll learn it's trustworthy. Like I won't go blab it and I, I won't care about you less. But then what happens is people then presume that now you're the person only that I can go to meet mm -hmm. with, to be honest, because I felt loved and cared for, which is right. Um, but actually, I'm not the only person. Now you get to be that person also for other people. Yeah. And it's supposed to spread. It's not like you and I talk one time, we go really deep, and now you and I are besties forever, and you can't ever have that with anyone else. We got to hold it. Actually, it needs to be that it's so close and then you go and you're with others and I'm with others and we get honest and we're helping people bring everything from the inside out. Oh, that's, yeah. And then when we get back together again in one week or three months or five years, we love the depth that we can just go straight back because we want to be there. Hmm. I it, feel I feel like there's a, it, that's countercultural because that almost... Uh, on the surface would betray our friendship. Our best friendness now is shared with other best friends. Okay, so then you're dealing with insecurities, you're dealing with fears, not you personally. But that, yeah, no, that the, idea. But I th that might actually be 
a big part of what we're talking about and why it's not because yeah. I don't know unhealthy attachment or like like what you're saying if that is the only person that you can go or you it should be a gateway into opening up how you can have a relationship in general well and then and then personally I'm I'm kind of in a bad spot because now when I'm not accessible oh yeah or or whoever you go to that is your one person isn't accessible now you're hooped because you've based it upon a person instead of on I would argue instead of on God hmm. even though we need to be this but you've put it onto the wrong place say no no my life comes from Adam well no actually your life doesn't come from Adam. It's this beautiful gift relationally. But actually, for me, I keep coming back to God and saying, okay, God, thank you that you gave me someone like an Adam I can be honest with and that we can talk theology and fight through things together. Thank you. But thank you, God, that I have this. Thank you, God, my relationship with you. Like, hmm. I, I move it there. Yeah. But again, I think you're right. Like, people move into fear and insecurity. And now I see you on Instagram hanging out with someone other than me. And now... It's like you have a new bestie yeah, and I'm yeah, done. Yeah. You you can't have fun with that guy. No, you can't even have friends actually. <laughs> but that's that's an interest that's a that's going to be a challenge that we face. This goes back to something we talked about earlier, which is like when so we I'm I'm assuming as you listen to this, you understand that that Adam and I are followers of Jesus and we want to give our lives to him or we have so we are looking at things through this lens, whether the people listening are in that zone or not. So we talk about the kingdom of heavens. So when you give your life to follow God, then we were saying like, now you live by a different set of rules and a different set of standards because, and different goals, all that stuff. Cause now you're building towards the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And you have a different set of goals. So I would imagine outside of the body of Christ or outside of the true Christianity, you would want to cling on because this is the end of the relationship. Like this one, you take it till till death and you need someone in your corner forever. Mm. But as a Christian, that's actually not what we live for. It's like we want this relationship, but everyone in the body and is supposed to be like so filled with the presence of God and his love that we are unified as the body. We love to be together. And when we're apart, we long to be together, but we can find that, we should find that same connect with other people because we are in like Christ. And we know that even if we get separated because God separates us or Scott's in BC and you're here, we have technology today, but one day, whether it's in this life or the one to come, you'll be together again in heaven. We're, for all of eternity. So this is like, whatever, 80 years, 100 years. But we're not living for the 80, 100. We're living for the quadrillions of years in the kingdom of heaven. So it's a different motive or a different reason for friendship. I think that, yeah. I, th I think that helps um, us put some of that into perspective. I think, so yeah, I th I, we, there probably is a different, like, Christian, well, probably, I guess, religion in as a whole that has an afterlife would view these things differently. Yeah. Um, and but I still think there is a oh, through all of it, there's even just a fear of 
even what right now is, because right now still hurts if you're going to open up to someone and sure. they don't receive it well. Yeah. Um, but I think, and I don't know how it's like easy for me to say, it's like something I can, I can get past. I'm willing to whatever that hurt it. I right now I'm just, I'm will, I'll be vulnerable and open with whoever and whatever. And let's just talk and I'll be real. Yeah. But I'm past that fear of being hurt probably because I have the acceptance of a relationship like we have or, or with, with Mandy, like it's, I'm gonna, I feel that with God, like that acceptance is, is there. I'm not scared of it anymore. But I don't, I wonder if there is a way, because even not living, we say we're not living for right now, and we have like this eternal perspective, but there's the fear still cripples us sometimes. I don't think there's any doubt that the fear and the insecurity is incredibly real. Um, It is real. Um, I wonder if we don't, I wonder if we put our attention and our thought just in the wrong place. Mm. So we can't really be thankful to God. We can't really be grateful for what's going on. And so we live in this odd bubble of fear and or insecurity instead of like joy and thanksgiving even. Like we, we live in something off, but you have to create time in which you can just stop self reflect like almost do a judgment call on self like what is my motivator and what does it and why do I get so hurt when I see someone with someone else and what's going on and instead of blaming there bring it back and say what's really going on to be honest which is like oh I'm hurt Hmm. because I just want to be best friends with them because I don't want to lose them and then you can at least start to work it through maybe I I don't know I like the fear is real I just don't think we're supposed to end it. It's not to end there. It's not, not just, the... it's not just accept it and be like, well, it's just forever how it'll be. That's, that's weird. So I think it's like, how do we get our eyes again, my opinion back onto God, put our eyes there to see it through the way that he sees it. Hmm. So that you look at your friendships that way. So for me, relationship is worth it. So if I've hurt someone and they live in this hurt, but I don't know that I've hurt them. Um, it doesn't impact me all that much because I didn't know. When you know, also you're like, oh my goodness, yeah. I had no what that. The responsibility is how do we then walk it through? And I want to know where I've hurt people because yeah. I want to make it right. Yeah. So we can be unified and walk together. So you're not in fear and and I have to be careful because sometimes in being vulnerable and open with people, again we move into the, a closest of relationship that that is unspoken that I didn't know we were in and they believe we're in because it's these expectations that are weird. That, well, even in that, like I know I realize I have to be, cause my default is vulnerable and open. And a lot of times the conversation doesn't call for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even with people I'm totally cool with, like, and they're cool with that too. But, so even within that, I'm just realizing there's a, not that I'm not light or joke around, like I'll joke around all day, but 
it just I always just was like oh let's just get right to the depth of this no matter what um so there's even a, yeah I guess there's even just like a so why do you think you shouldn't go to the depth with everyone right away or with all people I think I should maybe it's even more like in a group setting or there's just like there still is a time and place for for the maybe it's even my depth maybe that's more what I'm what I'm noticing yeah, yeah. It's, that's what I was actually it, wondering I am cool with taking because yeah I the small talk is doesn't interest me so let's just go to whatever and I'll definitely ask it about you and I'll frame it in that way but I think subconsciously it's like me going to the place I want to go to well, that's the thing because you've <coughs> op- you've often said like I don't want all like the BS part of the conversation. Let's just go for it. Yeah. So when you think about self in the relationship, of course, then you go where you want to go, where the other person is like desperately needs the small talk because they're afraid to go deep because they haven't gone there. So they're trying to keep it shallow. You're trying to keep it deep. Yeah. But actually if it's like true relationship, I am putting you ahead of me, that person, whether they do it or not is fine, but I put you ahead of me. So if I, sense that someone's nervous or fearful or concerned. I I have an obligation as a friend, as a mm. human, to think about their needs. Yes. And enter in where they are at and then we can graciously move somewhere together the way it would allow. And I think that's where like the small talk, it's not actually small talk. It's like it's actually discerning like where someone is because the goal is how do we encourage and love these people that we interact with? Hmm. But I don't think that's our perspective. Usually it's usually pretty selfish. That is a, I think, no, no, I, I agree. I just, when you're talking about that, I just thought of even a flip side of that. I think because of that selfishness, we've actually made some of those real things awkward can you think of an example well (laughs) one of my people that i'm closest with in the world um if i like it is weird for me to tell her that i love her but i do it i didn't make her awkward on purpose um but that but like that's and she's family like she's so it's it's not that's something or not even that just like even like I super value our friendship I appreciate this I needed this from you um yeah even to talk about some of those things it's like weird Be- because um I think even growing up uh, where just emotions aren't stated. Yeah. Um. So that appreciation, that that true love, it's like it's not weird to for me to, once I say it. It's not weird once for me to say I love you, Donovan. Right, right now, like that's. But it is like a. Why would I say that? That's a hesitant. Like I. We've made those type of things. Um awkward i think because we feel awkward receiving those in the way yeah 
I think I, I think I agree with that. I'm thinking about culture as a whole. Like maybe it's not just how you grew up. Maybe it's the way the culture was, what we're fighting for. Yeah, I think that's yeah. And now, and we're sort of you sort of try to lead the lead the way. Sort of like you'd be one of those guys that you're, you're kind of always pushing boundaries and like trying. Like there's some people that are just like the pioneer, like the innovator. That's kind of who you are. So then it's like you're the one, or we're the ones. Like you try to you risk some of these things. Like when when people are like I really like you, like you might be the person that pushes it just a little bit further. So of course it's awkward, but you, but you have to it's do like it. A, no, for sure. Like I like you. No, I actually, I kind of love you. <laughs> it's like that, you know? Yeah. I would, the other night I was putting Elliot, my, my oldest child, he's 12, almost 12 to bed. And I just like, just jumped on him and lay beside him. And I think I kissed his head and was just like, super affectionate and i just told them i was like one day you might think this is weird and you're probably just gonna have to let me know because i'm just not gonna stop this so if this ever <laughs> if you get to a point where you like a grown man and uh me jumping on you and being affectionate is weird i'm gonna respect that but right now this is what's happening and he was just like dad i really like it it's very but and it just made me, like, I loved it that he was this teenage boy that he really will probably be pushing his dad away at some point in, in that, at yeah. least in the public way. Yeah. It's even like, a, I have to, like, threaten to take his, I don't know, his music away <laughs> for him to say I love you back. It's more, it's a joke now, but those type of things, I just know it's, it's getting, as, you, as we grow older that affection physical affection and even just that emotional affection is more difficult i think what you are if i'm translating for you i think what you're what you just said there is you could demand your child for your sake to let you always jump on his bed and rub his back and give him a kiss hmm. and you can demand it which would be selfish but what you just said was you're putting his needs ahead of your own to say, son, it's actually okay. I want you to be honest with me. And when the affection is too much and now you're like a big kid and you're like a grown man and you don't want it. I think you just represented hmm. exactly what we were talking about. Yeah. You were wow, putting his fair. needs ahead of your own. So it wasn't selfish. It's right. Which probably means he'll always be affectionate with you. Like my son's almost 16. And I tell them like, you don't have to hold my hand or put your arm around me or like walk with me at school. Like none of those things. You don't have to introduce me to your friends. Like I get it. It gets dad. Like, why would I not do that? Of course. Mm. Like I could probably walk arm in arm or like arm around him and his arm around me walking into high school as a grade 10 kid. And it would be <laughs> fine. I could hold Michaela. She's 17, almost 18. I could hold her hand going into grade 12 and we could walk arm in arm, hand in hand through the school and she would actually love it. I'd be the awkward one <laughs> and she would just love it. But I think it can be there because I've had all those conversations with mm. my kids, yeah. every one of them. I, I th actually, that might be what I, what I more what I'm getting. Cause I'm cool with having those conversations with my kids. I actually want to extend that to, I mean, the safest people then is my closest friends. Totally. 
And so those people who I truly value and love and even, I mean, and it is people, some people just don't like to be hugged, but sometimes it's just like, I'm going to hug you anyways. I'm going to throw someone under the bus right now. In a not creepy way. Jackson. If Jackson's listening, you're under the bus right now because I'm always told by his parents and whatever, he's not a hugger, he's not affectionate, but when I get together with him, like I'm allowed to just stand and have my arm around him. He's 18. <laughs> and I like, I give him hugs that are just like a wee bit long to make it feel just that much uncomfortable enough that I want him to sort of fight so that we have like this, like, like a little tussle that goes on. Hmm. And this has been going on for years and I just love it. And he tells me that he actually likes it. But I think, I think where it's uncomfortable is when someone is trying to be huggy when their nature is not huggy hmm. and they go around, they kind of awkwardly like kind of hug people and you're like, you're a creep. Um, that's different. Yeah. 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 Than affectionate people that genuinely like not going outside of their realm. Like if Kendra's coming to you and giving you hugs all the time, it's, it's weird. That's like her nature. Isn't that with me, with the children? Like she hugs people, but she doesn't just hug anyone. Yeah. So you'll get a hug. Um, I'll get a hug, but she doesn't just go hug everyone. Yeah. But I'll probably hug. I don't know a lot of people. Like if I if I just meet you, and we're and you just have that connect. Like you grab a hand, you pull in. You're like, man, good to meet you. And it's like so not unnatural. Do you think? Do you think that's unnatural? By nurture or nature? Uh, both. Because I have children that grew up with me. And I'm, yeah. I'm highly affectionate to all of my children. And they, I have very different children in terms of the amount of affection that they want. Hmm. Um, uh, an incredible amount. And how they are with themselves as well. And so I think there's a nature part of it. And clearly my kids are comfortable to hug people, but they're not all huggy people. And part of it is because Kendra's not. And so clearly we should probably have 50% of our kids probably not as huggy and probably 50% kind of quite huggy. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. And we pretty well nailed it. <laughs> pretty well. <laughs> well, even thinking... Um, so... Like on the way here, I was just thinking about coming to your house and like your kids would probably be here. And I was thinking about Talia and for whatever reason I thought she, whenever she looks at you and she smiles, there's like, you just feel accepted and loved. Totally. And there's something about the way her eyes sparkle and her smile that actually just draws you in. And I was like, I should probably just tell her that. But I didn't. <laughs> Maybe because everybody was around. Maybe because I feel like she would might take that and be awkward by it. But I need to, that's something that she should hear or that whether she needed it or not is like a encouragement and like valuing her as a who she is yeah um can you imagine if we kind of live that way well that's i was like why why didn't i why right. wouldn't i i mean 
Now I'm saying it, so I have to go do it at some point. <laughs> she will hear li- that from me. Tell her to listen to the podcast <laughs> yeah, just so she can a, hear it. A time, time stamp? No. I need to look in the eyes so I feel better about myself as I'm doing it, too. Because uh, She'll take a FaceTime anytime, so <laughs> now she's sleeping. But that, I think even those those little, like, nudges or thoughts that I have on how to, like, because it it actually might have made her in a moment feel awkward afterwards she would feel so oh, she, good about it she would have glowed but even that glowing is like oh you're embarrassing me in front of my brother um and so but that is making in my mind is like a hesitation like oh you know what i'll just wait a different time but i don't want to do that i want to learn how to actually be able to speak that and i think that's the openness and vulnerability of friendship that is like another another level a universal way of actually yeah bringing that so i'm spending a lot of time talking about the church and stuff like that because we're in a series on at church right now about it but there's like a couple things that like stood out to me based on what you're saying which is like one of them is like outdo one another in honoring each other Hmm. so it's like to honor which is probably to brag about each other and you're supposed to like work hard at outdoing each other in bragging about the things that people are doing or speaking highly. And then in Romans, it's like, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. We're supposed to pursue that, like what builds each other up. Hmm. So uh, as I'm just thinking about that, like in terms of like church and everything, I think sometimes we're nervous. I'm nervous to praise or build someone up because maybe it's like, it's going to get to their head or they're going to become arrogant. Um, So on the flip side, we say nothing and then people feel insecure and fearful. Yeah. Like that's weird too. Like that's or we say something negative so that at least they know what their mistakes are so they can fix it and be a better person. That's, that's actually crazy. But that, but that's, I don't, that's like a default approach in a a lot. I I have that default approach in a lot of things. That's a, I, I did, yeah, something that I've I've been thinking about and really trying to change and really trying to, um, I don't know, just like speak those truths about people to them. But sometimes it is received as like awkwardness. Yeah, it, it's so interesting, Adam, because even in like media today secular media we love all the stories of people that look out for the underdog or build people up that or come together that shouldn't be i listened to a little clip on ellen degeneres and there's these two guys on the football team and they saw this one kid that was always being bullied and uh, there's some stuff going on and they decided just the two of them on their own to buy this kid a, a bunch of really nice fashionable clothes with their own money and just give it to him. And so someone happened to film it in school, but they just wanted to give this kid some nice clothes and that he would fit in. Didn't know what his background was. They just wanted to care. And what ends up happening is someone posts the video and then the world finds out because two jocks on their own care for someone and be generous and just realize that and someone, whatever's off. And it's like, this is just human. Like, this is how we are that's the 
that's how we're wired when they're just actually walking in that they're living that out in that moment and we're like i just think things would look really different. i think there's actually more of this going on than what we give credit for mm. but i have very distinct words that have been said to me for building up like people saying something they notice about me that I hear in my head over and over and over again. Hmm. And think even areas where I'm insecure about. And so the the one for me that was always an insecurity for years until after you and I had long known each other was my voice. Because I have a very unique voice and everyone always says, you have a unique voice. I translated that as really bad. Hmm. Not good. Yeah. And Singing voice. What's that? Singing voice. Both. Oh, just, okay, this is across the... Across the board. Yeah. Unique. My singing voice is unique. Everything. So I'm like, that must mean they don't like it. Yeah. So that's the insecurity that comes. And then as you start to work it through, but it's actually amazing when someone all of a sudden comes out of the blue and just says like, whenever I hear you sing, it's like your voice is so distinct, but I know how much you this... And so it always links it together. So every time you lead, this is what it does for me. You're mm. like, oh, isn't that wild? And it, you just hear that once. So it's like they just associated the two things that are like a value for me, which is like live your life in such a way that people like to be around you. And then they took my insecurity of like worship and they said, no, no, whenever I hear your voice and you're singing, it's associated to who I know you to be. And that's what just fills me with joy. You're yeah. like... Oh, crazy. So you hear that. You need to hear that. And I just hear, it actually doesn't matter about singing. I just got to worship God. Be the person that you intend to be. Do you screw up? Of course. Make it right. Like, that's hmm. how, how we do it. Yeah. And I I wonder what it would be like if I actually took risk more often. Because I'm thinking about the same subject. Like, I'm, I'm trying, like, even when I go to a restaurant, I'm trying to catch people in the act of doing things that are really good that I don't even know. And you just watch people glow. It's really crazy what one kind word does. Yeah. Yeah, like just one thing. It is. I don't know why I stopped doing this, but but a few months ago, I just tried to just say what, like just consciously say one nice thing about whatever the person was that I met. Uh, so the the hardest ones were just like the one off, like the gas station attendant. Like you're in a uniform, I see you for half a second. I don't, I don't know what to, but that was like a challenge for me, and I loved, it and I felt so good about pe- people. Just smiled. It was just, of course. and it was nothing. I didn't say anything profound ever. It was just something nice. Yep. And. uh but that was work. I want, that's good that I'm just bringing this up because I want that to become just part of what I do, a habit, I guess. Um, but I think it does come back to like, even with the people that I am closest with, I still sometimes I have those hesitancies in saying those nice things and, and uh, just building relationship in that way. Yeah. And whatever, that's good. Now, Whoever's listening to this, uh, look out. Well, have to, you haven't said anything nice about me today. You're supposed <laughs> to, you said that on the podcast. Well, now we find out who all listens because we expect text messages to come <laughs> rolling in. 
<coughs> I think <coughs> I think about this one song that we listened with our kids. Um, I don't know Steve Green or someone put it together, and it's like just says encourage one another, encourage one another, and build each other up over and over and over. Um, and this is being children of God is to do that. So we often with our children throughout their younger years, whenever they're like fighting or angry, we're like, encourage one another and build each other up. And so we have this little thing that goes on. It's been kind of the things that we do even to this day when they're there in their teens, it comes out. One person starts singing it. We all start to sing it. It's actually just really true. Yeah. And, and so it's like, it's just this reminder. And when it's a song, it's like this reminder that goes in there. And then when you have a conviction, I think by God in it, which is what he's doing with us right now, as we're talking, like, yeah, we go out, we say, okay, well then like, then let's do it. Hmm. And I think it's the very nature of God. So as we grow in in our walk with him, I think that is what automatically starts to come out. Maybe it starts off with a practice but I think it, it it moves to this. It it automatically needs Is to come a, there. Yeah, I that's I don't know. I, I guess goals. No, and uh, I'm gonna work. I'm gonna get there. Uh, oh, gonna absolutely. get there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess it's appropriate, and I'm gonna end it, and you don't get to end it today. So I'll I'll get to end it, because otherwise it's gonna feel fake. So. Adam, what I appreciate about you, uh, here we go. <laughs> I appreciate that you're honest. I appreciate that I knew that you would come out if I called you at 2 a.m. driving out from your place out near Steinbach to come to Winnipeg. You'd do it in a heartbeat. Hmm. You have you would just lay down whatever that would be. I love it that you're always game. I like it that you don't have excuses. Um, lots of people have excuses for when or how to be together. That just isn't what it is. It's like, let's just do it together. I like that You've been honest. I like that you fought for our friendship and we're willing to walk through it. And mm-hmm. you're incredibly talented. When we started doing the podcast, I said, I can't do any of the background. You'll have to do all of it. I can't do any of it. Um, but I'd love to do it, but I can't do any of it. You're like, man, I'll just drive out every time. I'll do all the background. I'll pull it all together. I just want a podcast with you. That's it. And I was like, Oh, and we were just Frank with each other. And, that's what we do. Hmm. And so I appreciate that. I like it that today we spent half hour with just my kids and talking and you see the impact you've had on them because they all just gathered. Yeah. And we sat around the island and we just talked and they love to have time. They like it when you show up here. And so this is your past invested into my kids today. So these are things, some of the things that I appreciate about you. And so we're going to end off this podcast because if you say anything now, then it's just made up. So uh, I, I can say thank you, though, right? Sure. You like, can. Yeah, that's thank good. Thank you. Like genuinely. Thank you. <laughs> You're and welcome. You can't. It's a podcast. But I was just like smiling the entire time because <laughs> it for real makes you feel so good about yourself hearing those things, especially when it's genuine. And I truly believe you believe those things. Absolutely. I think. And um, I like it that you're like... You're not governed by job, money, finance, security. Like those aren't the things it's like, to be honest. And through all the mistakes, struggle, all those things, it's like, no, I, it doesn't really matter what the cost. If I believe this to be true, I have to walk it out. 
I find that to be something rare. I think people mm-hmm. talk about that. But you and I know what the costs have been for us mm-hmm. to walk out what we are convicted by. Yeah. And it's not has not always been easy. Uh, but how can you live any other way? And I appreciate that you don't. And you're not trying to be ridiculous and you just make decisions on a whim. I don't mean like that. But you wrestle it through. And when it becomes a truth that you believe that you've sorted through, you have to live it out. And that's contagious and I appreciate it. So, Well, thank you. Uh, I would say to end it off, I guess that's just life. That's just life. Oh, no, 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 no. I am going to end it off. Okay. Because I truly, truly, truly believe that if whoever is listening to this would just say what Donovan just said to me to one person in the next day you just start that like you said it's contagious yeah but I for real think um doesn't matter how awkward or weird it feels like you will feel so good about telling people that let alone how good they feel hearing it so that's a challenge if you're listening to this I want for I want you to try that that's just life that's just life See ya. That's just-